Okay. I think we're good to go. Um, so, uh, my name is David. Welcome to the journey over at destination podcast. Um, we have Jennifer Garrett. I don't even know what the best way to introduce you would be. There's so many things I could go with. Um, seven degrees. I had to like rub my eyes and make sure I was reading that correctly. Um, but seven degrees, uh, worked for a bunch of, you know, really big corporations, uh, served in our army. If I, if I read that correctly and, um, yeah, doing a bunch of leadership and, and motivational coaching, team building stuff. So welcome Jennifer. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So let's just start out with what made you want to pursue seven degrees? You know, I, I believe that life is a an adventure of learning that doesn't need to be in the formal education setting specifically, right? We learn every day. Mm-hmm. But I, I like academia and I was very fortunate to work for large companies that had very generous tuition reimbursement or education programs. And so because I had a love for learning, I figure why not leverage those benefits and uh, continue to go to school. So that's, that's my answer. Some people may just say I'm crazy, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I, I do love to learn and, and it doesn't just happen in the academic setting. Gotcha. Yeah. And the thing that I thought was really cool too, was that they were all pretty broad. Um, like I see some engineering degrees, some finance degrees, a law degree. So um, was there a reason why you kind of kept it broad or um, what made you, you know, want to go into those different fields? Sure. I, I grew up wanting to be in the engineering space. My dad was an engineer, and so that's how I started mm-hmm. my career. As I got into it, I really enjoyed the business side of things, and that's why I decided to go the business route and get the MBA. Um, and when I was doing that, having an MBA with the technical background was um, in short supply. So it really helps you differentiate yourself, and there are lots of opportunities available. To answer your question about the other degrees, I mean, I I love to learn about different things. Um, People will ask, well, do you not know what you want to do or what you want to be because they're so diverse? And the answer to that is it gives me a diverse perspective that I can then bring to any role that I take um, or any conversation that I have that positions me in a unique way. So I like having that broad base because it gives me a more well-rounded view and a different uh, a different viewpoint than other people. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely resonate with that because there's just so many different things that I'm interested in. And, um, you know, it's, it's inspiring to see you go into all those different fields and do them well. Um, but I feel like right now there's a lot of people kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, kind of bashing formal education. And they're saying, you know, um, for entrepreneurs, it's it's uh, not as beneficial and you should kind of go try things on your own. What are your thoughts on someone who would say something like that? Yeah, I mean, the cost of education, formal education now is so much more expensive, right? And that's part of the reason why those comments are being made. And so I, I guess it depends. And I know that's not a clear cut answer, but A, it depends on what it is you want to pursue. If you are in the entrepreneurial space, do you need that formal education as much? Maybe not, because it's really about the learning, right? So how are you going 
to learn. If you are getting that growth and the information that you need outside of formal education, then yeah, absolutely not. You don't need to have that academic, you know, piece of paper. So I think it really just depends on what your plan is for getting the education that you need and the learning to grow a successful career in business. Gotcha. So what was, did you know right from the get go that you um, kind of had this entrepreneurial spirit spirit and you wanted to do something on your own or um, did you want to kind of feel things out in the corporate world? Cause I know you have some corporate experience as well. Yeah. So I actually did not think I was going to go on an entrepreneurial journey. Um, okay. I, I grew up with my, my parents um, are in their seventies or my dad's past, but he was in his seventies. And so they were of the, the generation where you work for one company for your entire career, right? There was no being an entrepreneur or going to different places to work. And so I figured I would just be a corporate person. I wasn't convinced on staying in one place, okay. but I always thought I was going to work in the corporate world. I wanted to climb the corporate ladder, so to speak. And then um, I had goals to be a big time CEO like Jack Wells, you know, that caliber. And what changed that was two and a half years ago, my dad passed away very, very unexpectedly. And when you lose someone like that, it really makes you think and reflect and changes your perspective. And so then I said, you know, I really want to focus on making a difference and impacting others' lives and not just being in the corporate space. So that event was really the turning point for mm. me to say, okay, I'm going to go on this entrepreneurial journey. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. There was, um, I've, I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts recently and, uh, do you know who Jay Shetty is? I do. I love Jay Shetty. Yeah. So Jay Shetty, probably my favorite podcast episode ever is when he had Mike Posner on. And he was talking about when he lost his father and he was kind of like, yeah, that was a good reminder for me to kind of do things that I want to be doing and uh, not really just wait for the perfect time. Just go out and do them. Yes. Um, so talk to me a little bit about, so you came out with a book called uh, Move the Ball. Mm -hmm. And um, it seems like football is something that's a really big part of your life and, and kind of drives a lot of what you do. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, when, when I talk with people, they'll say, well, how did you get into football? Did you grow up in a football family? Did your dad coach, your brothers play? And the answer to those questions are no. My parents were avid Chicago Bears uh, football fans. And uh, so I grew up, I was an only child. I grew up watching Chicago Bears football every weekend during the season. And I just fell in love with the game. Um, I grew up in the 80s, so you know I had the 85 Bears, which – that was just a great team, not only because of the Super Bowl wins, but just their personalities and the, the characters on that team. And so I just started watching football, and I have drawn lessons from the game ever since I was a kid and applied them in my own life to overcome any challenges or obstacles that I faced. And so it's really been a core part of who I am, and that's why I wanted to write a book sharing those principles with people so they could apply them as well in their own lives. Nice. Very cool. Um, so if we go back to kind of your, your corporate uh, career again, so how did you, because it seems like um, you definitely have that kind of like go-getter attitude. So how did you deal with being um, like an intrapreneur, if that's the term I want to use, but uh, having that go-getter uh, attitude, but within a big corporation? 
as companies continue to grow, I mean, I, I do think that they, they are trying to adopt an entrepreneurial spirit and encouraging that ideation, right, incubation type of things. And I've been fortunate in the large companies that I work for, um, most recently in General Electric. I mean, they're, they're all about coming up with new ideas and sparking your inner entrepreneur, so to speak. And so, I mean, I've been fortunate to have a lot of experience really just being able to test and grow some things before I even decided to go off on my own um, entrepreneurial venture. Mm. So what was that first thing you did on your own outside of the corporate world? So really leveraging my, my move the ball brand. And so um, what I do now that is I speak in a lot of organizations on how you can move the ball forward in the corporate setting, but also work with individuals on moving the ball forward personally and, and professionally. And so that was the, the big thing for me was really getting more brand awareness around the book and my messaging and my content. I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn, as I'm sure you've probably seen some of the, the content there. And so it was really about connecting with the audience that I wanted to connect with. Because um, your, your messages are not going to resonate with everyone, right? right? And so it's really finding that core customer base or target market or segment to talk in pure business terms, you know, that you can serve. And, and that's what it's about. It's about really looking how you can serve other people. Gotcha. So the very first step outside of the corporate world was writing that book? The book I already wrote beforehand. Oh, okay. Um, and I wrote it, it was published in 2013, the first edition. The second edition was published last year in 2018. Um, but I wrote it because I wanted to share my messages uh, with people and make an impact. But at that time that I published it, I was still very much focused on the corporate yeah. space. Um, and so it was really about just sharing the messages and because of the feedback I had gotten over the years, I'd, and my dad passing, I decided it was time to really just make this uh, a full-time thing and focus on it 100%. Yeah, cool. So out of all your corporate um, experience, which do you think was the help prepare you best for what's to come? So I, I had a role as a strategic marketing director at GE in their aviation business. And I think that one was the one that prepared me the most because it really got me thinking about from a marketing standpoint, what's your differentiated value that you bring to the marketplace? Because um, you have to think of your brand as a product, right? We all have a brand. And so how are you going to distinguish yourself and your offerings from the other people that are already in that space, right? The competition, so to speak. And so just having that, those experiences within GE and then looking at, what are the pathways for strategic growth and driving? So when I worked for GE in that role, I would work with different multi-million dollar businesses looking at how we're going to advance our products, how we're going to penetrate new markets, move into adjacent markets. And a lot of that critical thinking that I did with those businesses is stuff that I use in my business today. Very cool. So I'm sure you probably had a lot of exposure to other, um, you know, high performers within other corporate uh, companies, maybe within your the corporate, corporate companies that you were working at, what seems to be kind of like a, a common denominator, maybe like a trait or something that a lot of those high performers have that you, you need to have to be successful? You know, I would say that it's first, it's the commitment to whatever it is that you're working on and the people that are high performers are the ones that are committed to achieving 
the goal, the business objective, because they're going to do what it takes to get that done. So if there's an obstacle or some unexpected problem comes up, they don't let that be a deterrent from moving forward, right? It's okay, this happened, let's problem solve, figure out how do we move around it. And in the entrepreneurial space, it's all about pivoting, right? You, you go, you learn, you test, things don't work or they do and you pivot. Same thing, I mean, a high performing people, they figure it out and they don't let unexpected outcomes prevent them from continuing to move forward. Nice. So, so what would be kind of a way to train that muscle of, of just kind of being more resilient? Do you have well, any, like, daily habits or anything that you do? Well, I, I think it starts with getting clarity around what's important to you and what your values are. And then being in a role, whether you're in the corporate space or an entrepreneur, the roles that you have are things that align with those core values and, and what you want to do. Because then when you have that in alignment, then it's easier to be committed to the goal, right? I mean, if you're in a job that you're not passionate about or you're not enjoying, yes, you may be committed to some extent, but you don't wake up excited to go do that job. You're just like, oh, okay, it's a job. Got to collect my paycheck. We have bills to pay. So mm -hmm. it's very different when you find something that you are completely aligned with and want to do, and that will help you be more committed to the goal and then perform better. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like there's kind of two um, schools of thought that I've seen at least. There's, there's kind of do something that you really love, no matter if it's profitable and you're, you'll figure it out or kind of like you got to make money. So sometimes you're going to have to do something that you're not passionate about at all. So where do you kind of align yourself on that spectrum? I align myself more so with the latter. So it's, you know, follow your passion, you'll figure it out, don't chase a paycheck. That being said, sometimes there are stepping stones that we need to take to get there. So for example, let's say there's an opportunity to do something that's not exactly what I love, but the experiences that I'm gonna gain are gonna mm. help me to be more successful when I pursue what I'm really passionate about those type of situations I think are okay. If you're just doing something as okay, well, I need money first before I can go. I would caution people to stay with and, and I get it. I mean, reality is we do have expenses, right? Some people have families, so you have to have some balance and there's no cookie cutter approach, but I would say be strategic in the roles that you're taking. If it's not the passionate role and make sure it's at least helping to position you towards where you want to go. Gotcha. So what would you say to someone who is maybe in a corporate environment, has a steady paycheck there, but is just kind of unsure and is trying something on their own and trying to find their passion? Do you have um, maybe like a, a set of rules, I guess, that you'd want to follow for someone like that? But, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a job while you're trying to figure out your path, right? So, um, so that's probably good so you can sustain your lifestyle and your and your family mm -hmm. and um and such but you know, I, I think for, it's really about that clarity again like what is it that you are interested and excited about and if you don't know then test that right and then you know keep working in your day job and figure out what it is that you really enjoy and then once you've got that locked in then you move so i mean there, there's no real clear rules but i think it really comes down to 
spend the time to figure that out. I think mm. a lot of times we get so caught up in, oh, well, if I do this type of job, I can make this kind of money. Yeah. And we sacrifice our happiness because we're focused on the paycheck. And I'll share a quick example. I've got a really good friend that I, I've known since law school and she's doing very well for herself, um, partner in a, in a big time law firm. And she's like, I'm not doing this for too much longer. She's like, this is just not, not loving it. And she makes good money, but money only gets you so far. So, I mean, if there's something that I want people to take away from our conversation, keep that in mind. I mean, you can't put a price tag on, on your happiness. Yeah. So let me flip that around on you. What is that clarity for you? What is that, what is that mission, that journey that you're on right now? For, for me, it's really motivating, empowering, and inspiring people through the use of American football to move the ball forward in their lives. And I just posted on LinkedIn earlier this week, um, I was tagged by someone who had read my book and they had just graduated. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. Yeah. So a guy who was a teenage father, um, you know, put off going to school to provide for his family. And at 41, he ended up graduating. And I mean, when I read that, I, I was in tears. I mean, I was to just know that you made that kind of impact for someone. And I reached out to him after I read the post. And he said, you know, there were days that I felt like I was going to give up even in my last semester. And just hearing your messages really uh, kept me going, which again, I was in tears over. And then he also told me that he made a promise to his daughter that he was going to graduate before she did. He walked one day before she walked. Wow. And so, I mean, though, stories like that are the reason why I do what I do. I mean, it, I, that's worth you know, more than, than any amount of money uh, yeah. to know that you can make a difference in someone's life like that. Very cool. So, so why, why is that important to you? Did you have an experience like that on the flip side when you were younger or why is that important to make an impact like that? Yeah, you know, I've always kind of been wired to want to help people. I, I think his story specifically meant more to me because I also was a teenage single parent and um, I was very fortunate to have fantastic parents that helped me watch my kids while I went to school. So I, I went to school right away, right. but um, but I think just seeing those kind of stories, because I know how hard it is, you know, to be a parent and a young parent trying to figure out your own life. But uh, I, I've always just wanted to really help other people because I, I think we all need people to support us and some people don't have that. And if I can be someone that supports somebody else, to me, that just makes all the difference in the world. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, all right. 12 months have passed. It's been the best year of your entire life. What has been the one or two major things that have happened? So for me, um, I'm actually about to launch a membership program where I'm going to teach and train on different topics tied to moving the ball in okay. life. Um, the program is called Inside the Huddle because, again, I believe you really do need um, a group of supporters and teammates to move mm -hmm. forward. And uh, so for me, I mean, really growing that and having a strong community, it's about building a community. And the slogan for Inside the Huddle is, we are stronger together. And so for me, a year from now, if I could have a good group of, and it doesn't matter how many people, it's about good quality people supporting, helping one another, and seeing their success, you know, for those who have started the journey 
we're launching the program in August. And so, you know, August 1st of 2020, seeing the journeys of those people and how much they've accomplished, to me, that's what success would look like to just see huge accomplishments from the people in the community. Nice. So is there some, is there a particular, maybe like a habit or a mindset that you try to always preach to um, kind of keep your, your mind at, at high performance? Yeah. So there's a couple things. One, um, don't ever um, take it for granted the value of a day. Like every day matters. And for me, that became even more, um, even more important or I became more aware of that when my dad passed away so unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think if you appreciate that every day is a gift and you don't waste it, just you're more committed to wanting to get stuff done that mm -hmm. day. And when I say get stuff done, it doesn't even have to be business stuff. It's just maximizing the value of the day, whether it's spending time with the people that you love or on activities are important, but it's not taking a day for granted. So I think that's the big thing. And when you have that mindset, you tend to not let little things that happen in the day ruin your day. So a theme yeah. that I talk about is dominate the day. So no matter what happens to you, and no matter how the day starts or, or how it goes, you're going to end that day on a positive note because you can control whether or not you make that a positive ending or not. Nice. Yeah, I, that's something that I've been trying to practice as well as having like a gratitude journal at night every day. Mm -hmm. And yes. um, it's, it's definitely shifted my mindset. Um, I get, you know, less, less uh, upset at random things and it's definitely helped a lot. Have you, um, do you know who Dean Graziosi is? Yeah. Okay, so I listened to something of Dean's the other day, and he was talking about lowering the standard of gratitude. And so I yeah. don't know if you've heard that phrase or not, but I love that because he's, he's like, you know, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll have my uh, 200 couch thread sheets. And he's like, I'm just like amazed and happy to have these sheets. <laughs> like when you lower that standard and you just appreciate everything that you have, um, it's easier to not let the little things in life bother you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. So I actually, I was going to end it, but I just thought of another question that I want to ask. Um, so I feel like, you know, in the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial space, there's also this kind of spectrum of, you know, grind, 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 don't ever sleep, work hard. And then there's like, do whatever you want, but work smart. So where do you kind of align yourself on that spectrum? So I, I'm not, far to the right or left. Okay. Um, I'm not quite in the middle. I mean, I do think it is a grind. Like you've got to hustle, right? Every day you've got to be doing things. However, there's a balance. So you don't want to compromise uh, gains in the short term at the sacrifice of the long term. So I'm all about playing the long game. So what does that mean? It means you work hard every day, work smartly. So there is truth in that eight hours of work doesn't necessarily mean eight hours of gain. Right. I mean, where four hours of work could give you 12 hours of gain if you are working smartly. But um, you've got to make sure that you take time to recharge and take care of yourself, because as an entrepreneur, it falls on you. Right. Like in the corporate space, if you're sick for three days, guess what? People will pick up your slack. They'll cover when you're especially when you're starting out. If you're an entrepreneur of just yourself, a solopreneur or just you and one other person that's a lot harder, right? There's not all these other people to help cover. Right. So you've got to be taking care of yourself first and foremost, um, work smartly, but you've got, I mean, you've got to do actions day to day to right. really move forward. It's that consistent 
action. So consistency is what moves you closer to the goal line. Yeah. I love the way you put that. Don't let, I, I forgot what it was word for word, but don't let the long-term, what was it? Don't let the short-term gains compromise the long-term. I love that. I love that. I feel like, so when I, when I started doing my, on my journey, um, I feel like I got so caught up in like, oh wow, all these people, like they don't ever sleep. They just work, 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 work. So that's what I tried to emulate. And it ended up being horrible because uh, my body just like wasn't used to that. And I just kind of got burned out really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely think there's importance to just finding that balance and finding whatever's going to work for you. Because it's going to be different for everyone. Yes. And, and everybody has different situations. To some people are single, some people have families, some people are single parents. So you've got to figure out, you've got to look at your situation and then figure out what works for you, right? And then build your habits and build the routine around the constraints that you have, for example. Yeah. So one more question that I just thought of. <laughs> um, so you talk about having that huddle, that core, you know, the core people around you. Um, how would someone try to grow that if they're kind of just starting out from scratch? They don't really have maybe too strong of a network, but they know they want to grow it. Yes. I've got a couple of thoughts on that one. I would get on LinkedIn. I mean, LinkedIn is a phenomenal place to connect with people. So focus on building your profile and what's your story, right? Like you want to put together a an image that will convey who you are, what you're about so that people will want to connect with you for one. And just start going out there and looking for connections. So how do you do that, right? Start with your friends. Start with alumni. A lot of people like to bond because they have a common schooling, whether it's if you haven't gone to college, high school, whatever. I mean, find some commonalities. Maybe there's some uh, groups like you volunteer. So look for people that have an alliance to those volunteer organizations and just start networking. You've really got to use and leverage that platform and LinkedIn is free, right? I mean, there are premium services, but it costs nothing to get on there. So mm. I would encourage everyone to use that to network. And when I decided I was going on my own entrepreneurial venture, I mean, I got on there a lot. The people that I associate with now and that are in my inner circle are not the same people that were in my inner circle when I was just in the corporate space. Yeah. You want to learn from people that are in the entrepreneurial area, right? Grow. I mean, it, it's about leveraging experiences that others have had before you. So that way you don't make those mistakes or they can give you guidance. So that's one piece. The other, I mean, I would get out and go to networking events too, if there are ones in the area. Um, and then three, start telling people about your goals and what it is you're doing because you never know who in your current circle may know somebody that can help you. Right? Yeah. So you got to let people know and people who you thought may not have been inner circle supporters, once they learn of your goal, they may be like, hey, I know this, I can contribute. So you've got to let people know. And the other thing about doing that is it helps hold you accountable when you tell other people what you're working on because now they're going to ask you about it, right? And they're going to yeah. want an update. So, so I think if you do those things, you can really start to gain people in your own huddle that can help you accelerate and grow. Awesome. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. And speaking of speaking of LinkedIn, I actually want to give a shout out to Victor Hallock because he actually messaged me a while back and said, Hey, there's this uh, you know, Jennifer girl that you should really check out. She's awesome. So I checked you out 
And uh, I was like, wow, she is really interesting. I wonder if I could invite her on my podcast. So shout out to Victor, shout out to LinkedIn networking. And um, yeah, I guess we'll cut it off there. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for hopping on and having this discussion and uh, best of luck to you. Thank you so much. I appreciated our chat. Awesome. Have a good one. Okay. Bye.